It's as a time. guys welcome back to another episode of the seltzer time podcast it's your boy ricky aka dick chuck aka the man behind the can that's seltzer time official here is always with a conversation accomplice the man with the hunch about what's there tracks what is cracking fizzle fiends welcome back to another episode of the seltzer time podcast and as always we are so glad you've decided to come back and join us yeah. uh, this week we have Nobody. It's just uh, another episode with the boys. Just the two of us. Yeah, we figured we'd touch in on some stuff and talk about some stuff that's coming up. But before we get there, you know what we got to do. Hey, Ricky, how was your week, buddy? It is the trade deadline. <laughs> yeah, it's really all that you keep talking it's about. It's so exciting. All I think about, I my favorite day of the entire year is the NHL trade deadline. Um, I like all trade deadlines except for football because literally nothing ever happens. But... The NHL one is always a really good time. Um, today's been pretty wild. The last couple of days, actually, there's been like more deals leading up to the deadline than I can remember in a lot of recent years. But even today, like as of like eight o'clock this morning, things have just been like trades, trades, trades all day. Is that what is so appealing to you? Is that there's so much change happening today? There's change. It's exciting watching what teams do. Um, sure. I, again, going back to like when I was younger, I've always been more. Outside of hockey, I've always been more interested in the way that, like, like I love the idea of building the team. Yeah. So I love when you get to the trade deadline, and it's like, what do you need? Like, what's the glaring hole on every team? Do they address it? How do they address it? And then I also love, like, like last year, the Bruins went out and got Charlie Coyle and Mark Johansson, who neither one of them was a big name or known at all, really, in Boston. And they were like, like... Johansson was one of their best players in the playoffs, as was Coyle. They re-signed Coyle. Everybody loves him. He's been fantastic. But, like, to say it was, like, an underwhelming deadline, I guess, isn't fair. But it's also, like, hindsight's twenty twenty. When it was happening, I was like, who are these people? Like, right. nobody nobody up here knew. They were lying if they said they did. Questioning the decision-making. Yeah, which, like, that's what we do as sports fans. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you always think that, you like, you know the right answer, and we don't. There's a reason why I don't get paid. To build the Bruins roster. Armchair quarterback. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, I love... I love, like I anticipate that, too, where it's like, yeah, the Bruins have made some... As of... Uh, what time is it right now? It is 2.05. The trade deadline is in 55 minutes. And as of right now, they've made two deals. Uh, they got... Uh, I think Nick Ritchie? It's Brett Ritchie's brother, who, like, Brett Ritchie was with the Bruins earlier this year. He sucked. Um, he's not very good. Hopefully his brother's better. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, like, his brother's, like, a fourth, like, a clear fourth-line guy. So it wasn't Brett. Brett's, like, wasn't that good. Um, he's a clear fourth-line guy, bigger body, plays way more physical. They traded Danton Heinen, who, like, I liked Heinen, thought he was cool. There's still a lot of room to grow. I mean, Heinen's only 24, as is Ritchie, so it's, like... Who knows? Sure. Maybe it wasn't the right environment for him. Yeah. He just never really, like, panned out to be, like, what they were looking for. They need... He's not physical enough to, like, bring that to the table. And he's not necessarily skilled enough to be what they need. He's more of, like, a third-line guy. And they already have 
a solid third. Uh, yeah, they're fine there. So it's like move them, you know. Um, but yeah, they, and then they also brought in uh, oh my god, his name's Akasha or something like that from the Duck. Both guys played for the Ducks. Uh, who's Ducks awesome. fly together. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Quack quack. So he, they got him. Who he has a lot of upside. He is a player that will make a difference for sure. I still hope they either. So I want them to go one of two ways over the next fifty minutes. I want them to either bring in Joe Thornton because I think that's like the funniest story of all time. If they were to trade, bring him back. Bring back Joe Thornton. Throw him on your fourth line. He's nowhere near the player he was before. They don't need him to be that. It doesn't matter. Like bring him in. Give him that one last ride for the cup. It'd be a, what a hell of a story if the Bruins were to win it and Joe Thornton was able to like to actually lift the cup in Boston where he was drafted to do that. Like that's like a movie right there. Like you, right. you can't not make a movie out of that someday. Like it's beautiful. Right. That's like that cinematic storyline type it, shit. It's the storybook ending. Like that's the way it should be. You've only played for two teams your entire career. You're 40 something years old. Like you're a legend. Win the cup, win it in Boston. And then go out. The last, yeah, exactly. Retire there. Or like, go, I mean, even if he wanted to, like go back to to San Jose and play another year. He wouldn't, I'm pretty sure he was, he's, I think he's going to retire this year anyway. Um, he's in his 40s. Yeah. And it's the last couple of years, it's been like, well, less and less ice time. Pretty clear. Like you're done. Like he's way down the depth chart. Like with hockey, I, I feel like it's always tend to scale a little older. Like you can, us, uh, Star can last longer in hockey than they can in other sports. Yeah, I that in baseball, baseball because of bench players and the DH. That's fair. And, you know what I mean? Like you, they pick up these guys. I guess my point is they pick up these guys that are a locker room presence. A guy like Joe Thornton has so much experience yes. and can talk these younger guys through. Yes, and uh, he brings a bigger. He's a bigger body. He does. He can play physical. Like he brings that aspect that the Bruins don't necessarily have that they could use. I yeah. mean, I think, to be fully honest with you, the, one of the big reasons they didn't win Game 7, which I can't believe I'm fucking talking about this right now, but <laughs> one of the they didn't win Game 7, which is probably one of the worst nights of my entire life, uh, they didn't play David Backus, who, like, doesn't have anything left in the tank, really, in terms of what they needed him for, but he still played mean, and he played with an edge that they... We're lacking, and you sure. played a physical team who wiped the floor, bullied you. Like you know what I mean? Like they didn't have anybody there to to take it to take that away. Um, I don't. I'll never understand that move. I thought it was stupid. Turns out, I mean, it's not the only reason, but it's. I think they lacked nastiness. The trades they've made so far have been for bigger body players, especially Richie. I think either you go all in and you get Thornton, and then you have a nasty. There's players on your team that can play mean. You know what I mean? Like, you have these big-bodied, mean guys. Thornton bringing it back. Like, obviously, like, everybody wants to see it because they want the storybook. Right. But also, like, he can... Putting him on your fourth line is massive. Um, But then I also kind of wouldn't mind seeing them go out and get uh, Palmieri out of New Jersey, who that's the need. That's what they actually need. They need a real, legitimate second line winger who can score yeah a goal scorer that's him a playmaker exactly that's him Kasha could be that for sure like they brought him in for that reason he could be that if he stays healthy he's very young he just has been hurt a good amount um but I think to get to I would go one of those two ways 
I, I mean, ideally, I would have gone both, but I think bringing in Richie, who, like, he doesn't make a lot of money. It's This guy's not guaranteed to play. Like, it's it's a change of scenery move, and I honestly think it's more of a move for next year. So far, both guys they brought in are under contract for next year. I really like that. Um, Palmieri would be as well. Thornton would be a rental. He's only under contract this year. I wouldn't bring him back if they won or if they didn't. I would just Hopefully, if they won, he would retire. If not, I would hope that he would go play one more year in San Jose and retire. You still would have only played your entire career for two teams. That's awesome. Yeah. And, like, I don't... San Jose, it blows my mind that they're not better than they are right now because they have a lot of talent on that team. They just couldn't put it together. So They've always struggled to put it together, it seems. Yes and no. I mean, they went to the finals a couple years ago. They lost. Last year, they were very, 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 very good, but they lost to... The uh, Canucks? No, they might have lost to Dallas last year. I don't remember. I don't know. But either way. So trade deadline is just... Trade deadline is the only thing that I'm really thinking about right now. Um, Do you ever play the games, like the the fantasy games? So the, there's video games where oh yeah. you don't play any of the actual game. You literally just play as the manager or the team. So, Yeah. Not recently, but the only game that I like legitimately love outside of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 is uh, MLB 2005. It's the only... I don't care about anything else. Like, I wish I could play that game right now. I It's somewhere in my parents' house. I just don't know where. But uh, I would play games, like, here and there, but I mostly would just, like, build a team. Not even, like, that... like. I feel like a lot of people, like, when they play, they, like, build, like, a superstar full team. Oh, that's exactly what I did when I was a kid. NHL 95. I never did that. Oh, dude, I would take off all the budgets, and yeah. I would just force trades, and I would have this ridiculous team of, like, yeah, Chris Chelios and Mark Messier and I never, that was Peter never Forsberg. Oh, it was, it was insane. I would trade. Joe I would, Sackick. It was would, awesome. Yeah, no, I, like, I get that. Like, I get the, like, all-star team. Like, that's, it's super fun, but, like... I also... You treated it real. Like, as if I you had, like... Yeah, it's the only thing that makes me interested in things is, like, coming at it from, like, a realist point of view. It's like when festival season is. Like, I was obsessed with finding out festivals. You look online, and you've got these kids that have, like... They're like, yeah, and we're going to have, like, you know, 46 headliners. Like, they don't understand. Budgets aren't a thing. Well, yeah, the budgets don't exist. They don't understand anything. And I get it. Like, nor should they. But after a while, like, you got to... Just look at, like, a trend, man. Like, you're not going to have... It is fun to build the all-star lineup, but I think there's something to be said about understanding the real way to approach it. Yeah. And then, like, with those parameters, what would you do? So it's also... I look at it as, like... Like, if you think about looking at a baseball team, right? Like, that was, like, the game I played the most. You... Why would you ever want... Okay. I... I let's see. Now I'm going to contradict myself. I do understand the all-star thing, but I also... I love, like, the gritty third, fourth line. Like, I love, like, their role. Sure. Same as, like, a bench guy. Same as having, like, like Jackie Bradley Jr. for the Red Sox. Unbelievably good defensive player. Sucks at the plate. Can't hit anything. Hits, like, 20 home runs, which is fuck. Like, that's great. It's fine. But he also hits, like, 230. Like, he's not a consistent hitter at all. He's very, very bad. But his glove is unreal. That is very important. Like, you win. That's how you win games is pitching and defense. Obviously, you need offense, and it's very important. That's, like, the sexy part of the game. But, like, if you really love the game and, like, 
looking at like a hockey level, you need those guys like a Marcus Johansson and a Charlie Coyle. Like they bring aspects to the game that don't really show up on stat sheets. I love that. Like I'm obsessed with that. That's why I love sports so much. Is it's like, yeah, like obviously you want to see like the sick shot, the goal, the hit, whatever. But like watching guys play consistently and like you falling in love with the way they play because you know that like they're almost a secret to everybody else in the league. I live for that. See, that's something I I can appreciate, but I don't share. I just don't have that interest in sports, okay. which has always been like. My father loves baseball yeah. and he loves baseball to that same level you do. Cause like you just said it, it's a love of the game and it's an understanding of the game far beyond the highlight reel yeah. or the sports center highlights. So like my dad, this time of year is pulling out every player from the MLB that is on a major league roster and in, I think triple a ball. And he's building like these Excel spreadsheets of understanding for these players. I, He's so not, he's been doing fantasy baseball since it resembled more of Dungeons and Dragons than it does nowadays. Really? Like back in the eighties when it was just on paper and it was like super fucking nerdy. Yeah. That's what my dad did. He ran the he was like the commissioner. That's so he's sick. still the commissioner of this league. I that. Um and he plays for like legitimate money. Like right. when they win, it's a couple thousand dollars that That's they so win. Sick. But every move they make yeah. costs money. It's like they play as realistically as possible as if they really are managers of baseball yeah. teams. That's the only way I would ever I don't do fantasy. I can't get into it. Plus it to me, I would rather spend that time building this business that I'm building or building yeah. this podcast because I could see the value. He's never going to be a baseball coach yeah. to that level, but he gets so much enjoyment yeah. that that's just what he's passionate about. Yeah, I probably will never work in sports. I would love to. Like, okay, again, also, like, I've never had that. I don't want to be that. Like, I, I have no interest in being a GM. I'm way behind the eight ball on that if I wanted to be. But, like, if I was to work in sports... I would love to be able to bring, figure out a way to bring more of an emphasis, or not even emphasis, but like just like introduce that, like, way of thinking, to like the masses. I like, could even see you potentially later in life having kids, right, and being their coach, being the softball or baseball coach, and then instilling the understanding of like player roles and responsibilities to this younger generation, and kind of instilling the passion for their position or their role or like how basically getting them to appreciate that it takes all these different personalities to make a team really formidable yeah no that would be that's insane fantastic. that's like hard lessons yeah looking at it as like something that i'm currently doing and trying to do more of if you so like that's kind of how i feel about twitter interesting like everybody every time i bring up twitter i get like a who cares you know what I mean like no it's not really like a place for younger people really it's not oh there's not a lot of like pictures and videos and like like the sexy big move is never on Twitter it's like everybody's focused on Instagram Facebook if you're older TikTok if you're younger like Twitter has been around forever it feels like and it's always stayed kind of consistent but it's never been like the absolute player. What I always find funny is that a lot of times I will see Twitter content in other channels. 
I will see Twitter posts on Instagram as screenshots yeah. or on Reddit as screenshots where it's like... You know why? Everything that goes viral goes viral on Twitter. That's why. It's the only thing that you don't think about. Like, you just... It's the only... Like, to me, it's the only thing that's, like, real. There's no... As real as, like... Not to be that... Not to go down that road, but, like, the president tweets out things that make no sense. So everybody does that. I'm not, like, trying to pick on anybody, but, like... It's the only thing that's, like, fresh. It's real. You can't go back and edit a tweet. You can delete a tweet. So either, like, you fire it off and you just move on. Some things don't get seen, but, like, if it's gonna go it's gonna happen there because it's in real time you go to post on instagram and be like wow what time is it like you start like thinking about algorithms or is it you know how's it gonna look at my overall feed nobody actually cares but like how's it gonna look with all my other things or like did i just post something about that like you know what i mean like you you think about that facebook is kind of the same deal where it's like if i post this how is my cousin's girlfriend's brother gonna feel about you know what i mean like you you all everybody thinks a little bit harder about those things even if it's like another second longer sure twitter you don't you just fire it off there's no like nobody in their right mind has a oh i can't post too much on twitter because nobody cares you just do it that's it it's screaming into the void yeah but it also helps like refresh things like you i follow mostly like baseball writers or marketing people and they always go back and repost things that they wrote like two weeks ago they'll go back and repost the article because realistically it probably didn't get seen by everybody that follows them so by you reposting it i end up i'll see things like oh i want to read that if i don't screenshot it then and then go back like a couple hours later i'll see it either later that night or later that day or whatever or a couple days later and then i'm like oh i wanted to read that then i'll read it on the spot like, Twitter is the bench player. It's, like, that gritty, like, it doesn't quit. Everything else is, like, highlight reels nonstop. Twitter, like, you go on Twitter, like, right now, and it's, like, I'm tired. Like, literally, like, Oh, it's like, totally stream of conscious. Like, that's all it is. And it's awesome. It's the realest platform that I think is out there. Because there's no, there's no editing to it. You just throw shit out there. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Something sticks, something's down. But it's also, it's, I think, the most like dangerous platform because everybody's doing that. So you mean like, you know, you take the good with the bad, like you could have somebody who's like, Hey, you, it's hard. Like going back to trade deadline, there's a lot of fake accounts. So you're seeing things that make no sense all the time. And like, I understand, I like to think I understand the game a little bit more, but like I'll fall into those traps all the time. If you scroll two more tweets up, you'll realize it wasn't real. But, like, the other day, there was a... Somebody tweeted out Carey Price to the Colorado Avalanche for... And they put up what would be a legitimate trade. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was... Where was I? I was somewhere. I don't remember. I was with Naomi. I forget where we were. But I, like, put my phone down to tell her something... As I saw that, or maybe she asked me something as I saw that. So I just like locked my phone in that spot to like make sure I opened it back up. And I was like, I can't stop thinking about this. Like, what if that really happened? That's insane. Colorado now jumps to being the best team. You could carry Price. I can't believe he got traded. All knowing, like, that makes no sense. There was no rumors of him getting moved. That's kind of wild. Too good to be true type of deal. And it was. And then I pop back on and you scroll like two more, like, you know, a couple finger swipes up and you realize like, 
Nobody else is talking about this. It didn't happen. So, fucking love That's it. interesting. I mean, so I actually thought at one point that Twitter was dying. And it like, was. Yeah. It, it was, for sure. But it, it's like, I still think, unlike any of the other platforms, that direct connection to whether it be potential celebrities or whether it be people of influence. Granted, you you never really know if they're watching or managing their own accounts. It's still that that connection or the possible connection makes it far more interesting than Instagram or Facebook. I guess that like suspension of disbelief, the fact that everybody must run their own Twitter you know what I mean? Like it's it's obvious that they don't run their own Instagram or it's yeah. obvious they don't run their own Facebook page, but they probably run their own Twitter. So like they probably don't. No, no. And if they're not running their own Instagram, they're most likely not running their own Twitter outside of the present. You know what I mean? Like he's not even running his own Twitter. They they're trying to get it away from him and he basically just like keeps forcing his shit through. Yes. I'm pretty sure. So if somebody's not running their own account, and if you understand anything about social media, you can tell very quickly that they're not. Most, like, high-profile celebrities are not running their own account. It's very obvious. Sure. And if you look at a handful of tweets, you can kind of figure out, like, is it all just promotional stuff? Or are they actually, like, letting you... Are they actually using it like I would use it? You know what I mean? Like... So, I even got another question for you. Because so I watched. We talked uh, last week. You ended up digging into YouTube and learning a little bit more about YouTube. So I've been watching YouTube here and there. You're right. Uh, Yeah, I'm like I'm just checking stuff. There was an episode of Hot Ones recently where Will Ferrell was on. Oh, no, I want to watch that one so bad. It's great. Yeah. Uh, It's funny because it's supposed to be um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus was supposed to be too there, too. They were plugging some movie and she was sick. So the whole time he's eating his spicy wings being like, oh, I'm really sad Julia gets to miss all this. It was funny. That's awesome. But in that interview, he talks about how he's sworn off of social media. Yeah. Do you think in this day and age you need social media presence to become a celebrity? Hell yeah. I feel like you do. Uh, actually, no. I'm going to take that back. It depends. It depends. Uh, I'm a very, very big Sturgill Simpson fan. Who? So Sturgill Simpson uh, is kind of like a... The term outlaw country, I think, is like played out and it's lame. But... Like Hank Williams kind of outlaw country? But, like, new. Like, he, like... You can tell he's a country singer, but he does it differently than everybody else. I'll always be a fan of that. Like, not like the bolt, like, not like the fake, like, oh, we're different. You... By saying you're different, you're not different. You're right. whack. This guy had done... He also didn't even start releasing music until he was, like, 35. He... Worked a bunch of weird odd jobs, whatever. Finally, like, so I don't know if he started playing. I forget why he started playing. We started playing. People were telling him he was great, whatever. He finally gave it a shot. Killed it. First record is very country. But, like, it's is this like... the dude that wears the mask? No, dude, that's Orville Peck. He... That's my dude. Orville Peck. So, it's... I'm that's, obsessed with that record. It's, it's okay, but it's... Do you like Nick Cave? 
like Nick Cave in the Bad yeah, Seed. Yeah, fine. It's it's in that same genre to me where it's like okay. that, like the low, slow. I like it. It's to me Orville Peck's like if like Johnny Cash and Elvis had a baby, but then that baby was like just like not afraid to be him. If that baby was born right now. That's what Orville Peck's music was, feels like it's made for a Quentin Tarantino soundtrack. I'm all about it. Like I think it's epic as fuck. It's it's yeah, musically it's it's, it's complex. I tend to listen to things a little more upbeat okay. or up tempo is probably a better way to describe it. Okay. However, I could see that in but the dude we were just talking about. Tell not Orville Peck. Who were you talking about? Oh, Sergio. So Sergio Simpson, um, so yeah, so he kind of built this like like very everything he did was organic. I'm a big fan of like the organic reach of everything, like social media or everything. Um he so he like released a couple records. He did everything his on his own. Like everything he does is his own thinking. Like if he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't he doesn't do it. So there's an article that came out I don't know, three or four days ago with him talking about where he's at now. It was one of the most interesting things I've ever read in my life. I've been obsessed with him for like maybe like two years. I got in way late, by the way, to, to Sturgill. Not trying to be that guy. It's like, yeah, this is like old school. Not true. Not me. He literally put out a record that has like horns and like it's kind of funky, but it's still country. It's But he talks about like doing drugs and drug use and having a kid, hoping his kid doesn't fall on that line. But, like, not the same, like, lame version of that. Everybody Not your that. stereotypical. Yeah. He shouldn't be... Like, country music hates him for what he did. Because he... He's, like... He's doing it the right way. Where it's like, yeah, like, you're country music. You're supposed to say and do whatever you want. What's going on right now in country is, like, super whack. Everybody's, like... It's like American Idol nonstop. Oh, and then you have like the outliers coming in, like the new Halsey. Like, do you know Halsey at all? Yeah. So I found out about oh, her yeah, on SNL. Has. Yeah, I think, didn't she do a song with Sergio Simpson? Oh, no, maybe that was, no, that was Cash. Uh, so the first time she was on SNL, she did like this really, not R&B, but more like hip hop inspired songs. Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm like, oh, what's this about? And then she's painting while she's singing and like, that's fucking cool. And then she just did a second appearance and it's insanely country inspired. Cool. And it's good for her to branch out as an artist, but you can't help but question, are you doing this because you legitimately want to move into this realm? Or are you doing this because country music is still one of the largest fucking money-making machines in modern day music? Oh yeah, no doubt. I I, just, I guess it's, I it's haven't genuine. Heard, I haven't heard her stuff at all. I have no Something clue. about, um, oh, I'm so glad I never ever had a baby with you. It's it's very like it's what music's doing nowadays. Yeah. It's pulling a little bit from here and a little bit from here and becoming something different. And that's the shit I love. Yeah. It's just when they pair it with country, because country now to me is country music paired with pop music and it's I don't own. even like it depends what you're talking about too. Like there's a lot of country people who are doing it right. Agreed. There's more people that are doing it wrong and they're just saying it's country music. Agreed. I'm not into that. That's like not my thing. I love pop music. I love pop music more than I love any other style of music. It's awesome. 
I will listen to it all day long. I just don't like where that world is going. Um, but Sturgill ended up getting nominated for a record of the year in the Grammys. Not country record, legitimate record of the year. Didn't I don't think he won. I don't remember who won. But he like he like did this with everything stacked against him, which is really cool. Um, his band is really tight. They play more of like a rock inspired show. Like he doesn't have a bunch of hired guns, like he has his band. So they go out, they do this thing. Uh and they've grown from playing in bars and clubs and theaters and stuff where this uh this year he's doing an arena tour. Damn. It's almost completely sold out. Damn. Like that's insane for a guy who's not on the radio, who's not on social media at all. Like, he's not on social media. No, not because that was going to be my question to come back to. Yeah, it's that's like, how we started on this. Like, well, you look at a guy like Justin Bieber who got his start on YouTube. You look at yeah. a guy like Bo Burnham who, I mean, is a pretty well-known comedian yeah. and musically comedian. YouTube, yeah. Instagram. So it's like these these social media platforms become potential vehicles for getting discovered. Yeah. But then you look to pair it back to Will Ferrell, who got his start by doing the legwork and he got in through, uh, was he Second City? Yeah, he was. Um, Chicago? I think so. It's yeah. either Second City or Upright Citizens Brigade. Um, I think he was Second Second City. Which is one of those improv troops. Yeah. And again, they hit the improv circuit and then he got up through SNL and did all that shit. So it's like, but again, is that even... He did that in the 90s, yeah. the early 2000s. Well, that's, that's the thing. Is you can't... It's not fair to, like, discredit the people who used what was in front of them and made it happen. Like, you... I don't know. It would be... I mean, TV doesn't matter anymore. It now is all YouTube. You're talking about a man who is not on social media who is being interviewed on a YouTube-only show. Right. Like, that... Every movie right there, like done, is on Instagram or YouTube. Yeah, like that's that's it. That alone shows you, like, Hot Ones started as a YouTube show, and like now they have this weird ass like game show, which I think is stupid. I don't, I'm not probably never gonna watch it. Yeah, it'll probably yeah, it'll go a year. It's what and like I get it, get paid, like do it, grow the brand. Why would you not? What you? Nobody in their right mind would say no to that opportunity. It's so stupid, but also. They grew it themselves to the point where they can have guys like Will Ferrell. They've had everybody. A couple weeks ago, I literally sat home on Saturday night. And when I watched like 10 of these things, like it's amazing. It's fascinating to me watching them. So like I've been watching them for a couple of years now. Yeah. And it started as like internet celebrities. Yeah. YouTube personalities. All of a sudden it's like a C or D list celebrity. And now you got dudes like. Uh, now it's part of the media. Tool. Yeah. It's you have something you have something coming out. You go on hot ones. Bingo! It's total request live of two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty. TRL. It's like, dude, that's my next idea. I want to bring it. I want to bring TRL back. Um, I. Yeah. So, do I think you need social media to become successful nowadays? Yet, yes and no. I'm obviously a humongous fan of social media. I love it. I love everything about it i understand that that's where everybody's customers are in their phone that's it it doesn't matter like if you it's stupid to like try to start a tv show or, or it's stupid it's not i shouldn't say that. it's not stupid but like if you want to start a tv show we'll start a tv show and you can just put it on youtube just you're probably gonna get more viewers there than you're gonna get on tv 
Like if you've never done it before, you are going to learn more about the process by going through that, the, the whole thing about building the damn show. Yeah. Like now talking about our own lives. Like, yeah. I want to know what it takes to build an actual good talk show. Yeah. Like that's essentially where I see this like, thing heading. We well, can't, at, I don't know how to get there. So we're going to start by doing this seltzer time review show yeah. that I get to cut my teeth and learn how to do editing better. And it's like John Mayer. So again, going back to my obsession with we're just like John Mayer, very good looking men. John Mayer is legitimately like a top five hero of mine because he doesn't care. Like he cares a lot, but like he wanted to do a talk show. So he did a talk show on Instagram live. Yeah. And it's awesome. And he's had huge celebrities. Like, yes, of course he like, has the poll because he's John Mayer, but it became a thing because nobody was doing it because it doesn't look good. It's Instagram live. Right. Like it's not even really a, like people don't really use that that much, which is kind of wild to me. But like he just one day was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. They would have musical guests. You can't even see their whole body. You're all, oh, you're still only doing it there. And every single Sunday, Joey and I would pop in and watch it. Yeah. Because it's genuine like, and it's, it's, Feels like you're getting a glimpse into his life. Yeah. The whole, like, the idea of, like, late on TV now doesn't matter be- unless you can watch it on Twitter. Oh, You know what I mean? YouTube. Like, I don't oh, watch any yeah. of those guys. But if I want, I, if I'm like, oh, cool, like, they interviewed Sergio Sur- Simpson, I can see it on YouTube the next day. I don't so, watch SNL live. We watch it as clipped out yeah. on YouTube the I, next day. So sometimes I'll do If it's like an episode I'm really looking forward to, I'll just watch it on demand. I think it's on Hulu or something. Okay. It's not one of the things we have. So I'll watch it on that. And like, I enjoy it. It's great. But for the most part, I only want to watch like a couple of segments or Same. the performance or whatever. And if it's very good and funny, it goes viral. And then it's put in front of me. Whether or not you want to. Yeah. Bingo. That's kind of the key to like everything nowadays. Like you... And it's, like, weird to me because I love, like, I love consuming content. I think it's, it's, like, all I do all day is just look at my phone. All day. Whether that's good or bad, it's what I do. It's what most people do nowadays. Put it there. That's why I can't understand when people are like, yeah, like, we're trying to, we're going to release this record. But, like, I'm like, how are they not, like, they're not doing a rollout, which I think is weird. You're not Beyonce, so you can't do the surprise, like, shock and awe <laughs> drop of the record, which you couldn't also do that. 10 years ago because it would make no sense you had the only reason you can do that is because social media yes you can drop a record somebody's gonna hear it put it on twitter and it's gonna go like that with how quickly information yeah. is disseminated See, nowadays. only way those things work bingo then so like when you're looking at it like do i the sturgill simpson need to be on social media hell no that's not him that's not his brand but he's also built his brand that way like it would be awkward if he was on social media but his label. part of his brand is being cool and not being on it. And that's awesome. That's the move. Like you don't have to have it, but he's also like that. That's just pure raw talent. Sure. He's his brain works in a way where he can have like this big horn section on a song that's predominantly like a country song and it's going to kill it. But then also he just released a record last year that is like, it's a stoner rock record. It's not a country record at all. Not even close. It's legitimately a stoner rock record that sounds like it came out in like 97 when that was a big thing. And then they built, he made his label pay for an animated movie based off that record that went straight to Netflix. They paid a mil, $1.3 million, I think it was, for this thing. But they thought it was weird and stupid. But he was like, no, we're doing this. They paid for it because he is a, an artist who 
does very, 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 very well on the road. And so they did it as a way to promote it, but they didn't understand it. So they didn't even promote that. So they banked a bunch of money into something that they didn't understand. And he did it as a way as like an F you to them because he doesn't want to be on this label anymore. He's hoping they drop him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so he's smart enough to figure that out. Sure. Same as Ryan Reynolds when it came to making Deadpool. Right. Like, the, the, like, the idea of like being told what to do you doesn't matter anymore. Nobody, like, it doesn't matter. If you don't want to do what you're told, go do your own thing. And if it's that good, it'll work on its own. Yeah. Like, you don't have to Content do... always is king. Yeah. Nothing matters anymore. There's no rules to anything. At all. It's beautiful. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. I'm... Uh, see, that's interesting that you have that mindset, because that gives me anxiety. Because, like, I play well within some type of parameter. Really? Like, I play well to understand. Like, that's why that's why I'm a designer. Sorry, I'm just checking this. Again. You're totally fine. Uh, <laughs> We're getting real close. We got 20 minutes to go. I get super, I get most excited about projects when I understand the limitations where I understand what I can't do. Because then it just kind of defines it and it puts it into, like, a realm of understanding. The fact that there are no rules and you can literally do anything then now makes the whole thing feel like, oh, my God, if you can do anything, then it's a giant white canvas and I have every paint in the world and I don't know which paint to choose because I can just, it's like, uh, overwhelming i can there are too many choices so i choose to do nothing so which is funny but no yeah i understand where you're coming from but like that's what excites me about now is before if you wanted to do anything you had to like go to school for it which there's like a an argument for that in its own right i didn't go to school and i did I I have had my job that I've ever wanted. You know what I mean? Like I've done all the jobs I've ever wanted. I've done everything I've ever wanted to do. I have now done. Beer slinger at the best bar in Worcester. Well, like yeah, so like coming down as simple as that. Like I've always wanted I always wanted to bartend growing up. I was like this is so cool. Like what a cool job, you know? Like it's awesome. So I did it. And it was freaking great. Like I loved that job. I don't know if I want to bartend ever again. I missed a lot of aspects about that, but like I don't know if that's like what I want to do now. I got to be a social media manager for a brand that was growing and I was able to bring something. I don't play the drums. Like you don't, I can't. Yeah. Surprising. I do not play the drums growing up. I always wanted to work in the music industry, but I have no interest in playing music. Zero. Can't do it. Don't care. Never. It's not my thing. I always wanted to work in music. I wanted to, be like an A&R guy be going back to like playing those video games and building the team I want to build a roster for a record label so you wanted to be a scout but like I wanted no, well like scouts are more of like like you, you like see it and you relay the information back you want to I be want a decision be, maker yeah I want to be a decision maker but I yes I like curating things that's what gets me excited like I'm not a graphic designer but I like the idea of like taking that graphic and then making the decision on where it goes. Where does it go? What time does it go? How is it used? Like, that is what I like to do. It's what interests me. I think it's a skill that I somehow possess. I'm not saying I'm the, the best at it or even any good, but that's what I like to do. Sure. So I've done that forever. Like, my own stuff at SJC, like, I was 
I started interning. I didn't go to school for social media. Nobody did. It's not a thing. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't yeah. a thing back then. I didn't go to school for anything. Like, I just went and worked. And I figured out, even by working at Starbucks, I used to get in trouble all the time because, A, I would make up my own names for drinks, which you're not allowed to do. I also would take a cup every day and write song of the day. And I would just pick a random song and then put it on top of the machine. And people would ask me about it. After that becoming such a thing on a very wildly small scale... I would get in trouble because you're not supposed to do that. It's like corporate. Yeah, you're not supposed to have personality. You can't have... Yeah, you're not supposed to do anything. You just shut up, make that drink. I made drinks my own way because they are bullshit. There's no reason why. If somebody wants... Doesn't... Like, you get to know your customer. There, like, there are people who come in and get a venti chai, right? Did you know that if you don't push all the way down, it tastes different as if you push all the way down? on like the pump to get the syrup in there because you're not getting enough. So if you watch a person who works at Starbucks who literally doesn't care about customers at all, it's not their problem because they haven't built a relationship with them. Then you get instances where, you know, Susan's coming in asking me to make her drink. And I'm like, well, this is awkward because I'm not on bar. And I was like, oh, they all taste the same. And she's blatantly yelling, no, it doesn't. It only tastes good when you do it. It's like, well, I know because I'm actually pushing all the way down. It's these small little things. Like you would think that that's common sense to push all the way down. If you go to Starbucks, watch how every every single person makes things differently. Oh, that's that's inherently, yeah. And it's like, you try to explain that. I obviously never sat down like Starbucks corporate, but like you try to explain it to people where you're like, there's a reason why people come in and ask for certain people to make their drink. This is why I, you get to know your customer. You know that like, Oh, so like I know this lady doesn't say she wants it extra hot, but judging from the feedback that I've gotten from her, she wants it extra hot. So I would just make it a little extra hot or I put the syrup in first, the chocolate syrup, then the shots of espresso. I swirl it around to start melting that syrup. Then you put the milk in and you've got a more evenly based drink. Instead of just like, oh, blue, blue, here's a bunch of stuff in a cup. See you later. Peace. That always drives me crazy. That's what you go to Dunkin' Donuts for. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, I was able to figure that out at SJC, too, where it's like, yeah, I don't play drums. I can't give these kids any drum knowledge. I have none. I have more now than I did before, obviously. But, like, I bring nothing to the table in terms of drums. But what I could do was bring these kids eyes and ears and have fun with them via social media and show them what it's like while their drums are being made or Green Day's drums are being made or Twilight Pilots. Like showing kids that, but also having those kids, like those, maybe those kids don't play drums. Maybe they're like me and they just really like music and they really liked what SJC was doing and they liked the brand overall. When we went on tour, so many people would walk up and be like, I don't play drums, but I love you guys. I want to buy a shirt. And I was like, yeah, dude, same. Like, my closet's full of SJC stuff. I can't put drums to save my life. But, like, and you have the power. Like, that's where, like, you have to make certain decisions where it's like, hey, we could kind of, like, lean into this a little bit and, like, build a brand or stick to drums. They stick to drums. Which is smart. They're a drum company. But, like, there's ways to do both, you know? See, but if you look at it, if we're talking, like, hot ones now, okay? Yeah. And looking at, so like Hot Ones isn't necessarily the name. Wisecrack is the name of the, right? Are they Wisecrack? No. First, first Refused. First. 
First We Feast? First We Feast. They're owned by Complex. Complex Media. That's the word. Complex Media. So they were smart enough to have Hot Ones as its own brand, then Hot Ones branded spices, where they're releasing the hot sauce from the show. Then they're doing merchandise for the freaking thing. And every merchandise they release is one more walking billboard that's talking about their products. Like... It's not a show about chicken. It's an interview show. So... But they use... It's... If you even go back to like when Sean Evans first talked about it, him and the other dude that came up with the show, they just wanted to create an interview setting that put people in a different mindset. Yeah. So when the spicy food coming in your face, you don't have that like barrier up of like to protect this information from getting out because you're now experiencing this and now you have to think about this. It's fascinating. It's genius. It's brilliant. Yeah. Because it's, it's different. Exactly. That like the number one way to be successful is to be different it does you no good to drop look at late night tv every year there's another like c or b list celebrity who gets their own late night tv show and it sucks and it fails and it's not interesting because it's the same exact thing that people are doing forever and it's like you're never gonna be like going okay so going back to sjc people would always ask can i get symbols too and we're like no go to zildjian Oh, when are you guys going to make symbols? No, no, no. Go to Zildjian. Don't... There is no reason ever to make symbols. They're the first LLC in the United States of America. They are the first... I think they're the first... Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the first LLC ever in the United States of America. There's a fucking symbol company on the South Shore of Boston. And they're everywhere. It's the only thing that everybody knows. Nobody knows how to say it properly. It's just disease. It doesn't matter. But you know it. You know? They're genius. They've spent their entire careers doing one thing. The best symbol they can make. Yes. Whether that's it's what they Crash do. or China or anything. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. They, they make symbols. That's what they do. They are a symbol company. Then you've got going back, like SJC drums, as they were. All, all they ever made were custom drums. You, so you used other people's like heads, right? You were using like Evans heads. Yeah, or... Evans and uh, I forget the other one. We they ended up like working on a deal, I think, with Evans after, but Remo, Remo was the other one. So you literally now we're talking just the shells of the drums. Our they, yeah, yeah. So now you're concentrating on one aspect of the drum and getting as well, goddamn great. So as that's you the can. thing. Like if that we, makes sense. Like you, like I don't play drums. If I didn't work there, I wouldn't know any of that stuff is different. I don't know. I don't care. Then you look at when, once you dig deep, deeper. You're like, well, yeah. Of course we don't make heads because Evans makes heads. Like why would you do? You know what I mean? Like that's when people start to get into trouble. Is when you're trying to do everything instead of doing one thing very, very, very well and doing one thing better than everybody else. That's how you. Become yep. better. Yep. These guys on Hot Ones took the interview process of sitting down with a celebrity and interviewing them. And instead of asking the same boring, dumb questions like, hey, like, well, that was pretty sick when you filmed with whatever. Like, everybody's going to ask that question. Ask them something different. Then they brought up, then they started doing the deep dive thing on their Instagram and like going through that, asking them about that. And like, but then, yeah, they put the chicken and they changed the entire game by having it be. Like how much? Like, cause you watch and you're like, oh, who's actually like, gonna tough this out and eat this food? It's fascinating to me. Like, the question, the interview becomes second 
to no. some extent. I mean, Sean Evans asks some amazing questions. I aspire to be the type of interviewer that he is. You're going to need probably like three interns. He has a like whole bunch of staff that assistant. does. I mean, he started it by doing his own research. But sure. again, nowadays, he has a bunch of help. Yes. Point is, agree with you that their reaction is what I watch the show for. Watching, uh, oh my God, why can't I think of his name? Uh, who's the celebrity chef? Uh, oh, Gordon Ramsay. Gore, watching yeah, Gordon Ramsay with his weeks, yeah. with his lemon and lime juice, like that was hilarious. Yeah, that's great. But listening to him answer the questions, guys, I'm sure you've put it together by now. But we're at my house and Zeke and Rocket are here hanging out. <laughs> so if any of the audio sounds weird or you hear little footsteps, that's why. Come on, buddy. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I don't know. We went off. We, I think we were talking about stuff in Worcester. We, that's what we led with, but we didn't talk a damn word about that. And we're 40 minutes in. What? Oh, this has true. been a really interesting conversation just on social media in general. What's up, though. what's up? Yeah. I mean, even looking at you and I, right? Like, you're nowhere near as active on social media as I am. No. But you make, like, what you make is stuff geared for people to post. Like, you. <laughs> He has him trapped. Zeke has him trapped that he can't move. Zeke. No. Zeke. <laughs> that was quite the move. Quite the move right there. Um, what was I saying? I, I make stuff that people share. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you make, like, that's what you do. Like, you make stuff for companies to push out. Yeah. But your own personal Instagram stuff, like, you don't really post that much. Because I get tired. Yeah. If I'm that, being 100% honest. That blows my mind. I get so tired of like, yeah, like I generate all this stuff for other people. Yeah. It's kind of like how the plumber's house is always leaking. Like when it's time to work on my shit, I'm like, ah, I'll work sense. on it tomorrow. It, right. it, it's not good. It's not like it's a, a good excuse or yeah. anything. It's just like a understanding of I need to stop being lazy when it comes to my own things. Yeah, but it's like if if you were so focused on your own thing, then you probably wouldn't be as good as making things for other people. That's fair. You know what I mean? It's like, you need people, there have to, like, there has to be ideas, and then there has to be people who can like bring them to life. That's going to be different for anything that, like, any idea ever is going to sure. be different, right? Like, sure. Like, when we talk, it's like, oh, we should, like... Even the little, like, you obviously edit, like, the podcast. Like, I don't know how to do that stuff. So it's, like, somebody has to be, like, hey, like, oh, or, or I'm, like, yo, Travis, I need, can you put, like, a seltzer time can in Binya Binya's hand? I don't know how to do that. You do. You know what I mean? And then, boom, now it exists. Like, right. it didn't exist before. That's pretty awesome. That's to me, the power of a good, like, marketing team, team in general, good yeah, fucking yeah. baseball team. Like, if now we're going to bring this full circle, if we're talking about the trade deadline on seltzer time, like, we have two, we have our front wing fucking worked out. We have our second wing that we're building. And now we're just building our support team so that the stars don't have to play all the roles. Yeah, you can't win that way. They're not on the ice all the time. Bingo. Like, there's got to be, like... Depth of lineup. Yeah. Like, our podcast and our Instagram are easily the two things that, like, bring the most attention to it. And then we have... The YouTube is, like, the next thing that we're working on. The Twitter and Facebook are there. We have randomly a lot of Facebook fans. But, like, I, it's almost like an afterthought. I, which is weird. 
Like, I, I also think we should probably be releasing those videos, the review videos, to the Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Um, but, like, it's also not as cool sounding to be like, I'm real popular on Facebook versus, like, we have a popular YouTube show, which is, that's, I mean, that's our own shortcomings and that's our own perception of the internet. So, a couple years ago... Everybody wanted to use their social media channels to drive traffic back to their website, right? Right. We don't sell a product. So when I think about that, I'm like, where are we trying to drive people? In my, so like the way my mind works, when people tell me about a company, I, the first thing I do is look for their Instagram. I do not go to websites unless like I'm going to buy something. Sure. Which even then I just go through their Instagram. Like I, Number one thing I always, always, always go to, number one is their Instagram. I'm interested in what that looks like because to me, that's, that's where it starts now. Like, if interesting. You, like if you're not there, what's the point? I mean, so that's fair because technically it doesn't cost you a dial, a dime to, to start an Instagram account. Yeah. To me, the legitimacy thing is the website. Like I still feel like if, if a company doesn't have a website, they're not, a, they're not taking their company very seriously. So I agree with you because I, you can't, like, I wouldn't be able to buy anything. You know what I mean? Like, if I want to buy something, I, you have to go on the website, pretty much. But, I mean, in terms of me, like, figuring out if this is something that I want to be a part of, it is always their Instagram. Yeah. How do they handle it? What are they posting? Because, like, what if, I, what if like, if you're like, oh, this, this place is sick. I'm like, all right, cool. And I go to their Instagram, and they don't have one. But I'm like, that all set. I, it's, I won't do it. No, I, I think like, you're making a strong argument. It's just fascinating to think about it. It's not going to happen for me. Then, I mean... Because the first thing you want to do is get somebody to fall in love with your brand. Then they want to buy your product. Right. Unless you're selling me, like, toilet paper or something. Like, I don't... You know what I mean? Like... Well, I think of something like like Demova, right? Mama Roo. Yeah. They don't have a website. But he doesn't need one. That's my point. Well, eventually, but... But what's... But why? Right. Like, Agreed. you don't need a website if you're not selling a product online. Agreed. There's no reason. You... Everything you would ever go to a website for, right, is so... I'm not even joking. If you were ever... Okay. Keep I going, should, keep I going, keep going, keep going. everybody because it's not true. I'm That's saying. what I'm saying because I'm, I'm picturing out some things, but I think in this day and age or most of the businesses that we're talking about, anything in a retail or like modern day service, like Astro Electric. Astro Electric doesn't need an Instagram page. They, no. They've just set up their website yeah. and their website literally is more of like a, a historical yeah. understanding from a top that, down. That makes sense. They don't need either of those things to make money because all their money comes from private contracts. Exactly. Look at, so going back to Demoga though, there's no reason why that guy should ever, ever have a website because there's, you don't need, there's nothing you can fall in love with like what he does through his Instagram. That's like, you're not going to go You'd want to know when he's open, right? So say he was a place that was open consistently, like he was like a, a like a bar or whatever. To me, it's like like I think about it like what would I like? You're on your phone, right? A lot of websites aren't that like mobile friendly, which is dumb. Which for is that. dumb, exactly. But it's also like if I'm going to somebody's website that doesn't sell me, like if I'm not, if I'm going to buy Vans or something, like obviously I'm going to go to their website because that's like how you purchase it. But if I'm going to if I'm trying to go to a bar or a restaurant or whatever, first thing I do is pop in their Instagram because their hours should be right there. Like you want to know when they're open and where they are. That's it. Like you don't need, I, there's like, 
That's fascinating. No, no, no I agree. I'm, you're you know, making like, a very strong point. Especially in New Place. There's no, like, historical... Going back to Austria, there's no historical, like, backstory to Mamaru. And if there is, it should be... It's He's only been open for four... This is the fourth year. Like, you should be able to figure that out through the Instagram. I just like I could see the argument both ways. I can too, but like also, you're a website guy. I'm not a website. Oh, and that's what I'm saying. Like, but like, so uh, that being said, I'm I'm trying to come at this from a, a like a perspective of understanding, and like just because I have preconceived notions doesn't mean that these preconceived notions are correct. So I'm trying to understand. I, I agree. I'm doing. I'm trying to do the exact same. We're thing. The, and like, this is why we get along. Yeah. Point is, like, I could see. Now we're talking audience, right? Somebody my age and older wants a website because they want for Demoga now. Yeah. They yeah. want a website that they can go to because one that legitimizes it. They, they can see the full schedule of where he's going to be. They can see his picture so that they can know that they're feeling a little more authentic. My age and younger, the website is less important. The social media presence is important because you're also going to get that same information from the social media presence. You may not necessarily get the full schedule if they haven't released that, but to anybody that's being smart in this day and age in the food industry, you're probably going to release that kind of like he's doing. Yeah. Like say cheese. They're so good at, she is so good. She's so good. At Terry is fucking yeah. awesome. You, I know where she is every day. Yeah. And usually it's like uh, the beginning of the week. She's like, this is where we're at this day. And then on Fridays it's like, here we are this weekend. Like that is so important. It's I'm sure it's detrimental to her business. Having ran a food business, if nobody knows you're out there and you're trying to build any type of repeat customer and not just relying on the people that are already in the establishment you're going to, having a schedule and getting way ahead of people yes. is humongous. Also, reminding people. Yes. Like, I always get super annoyed when it's like, well, you know, going on my head, like, I didn't, forgot you guys were doing that. Like, well, I posted it. And like, the first thing I did, I pop on their Instagram and I look, I'm like, you posted it like three weeks ago. And that, do that, I fucking care? Like, you know what I mean? Like when I see it, I'm like, oh yeah, I want to go to that. But it's like, this is walking that line though of if you posted it like every day, do am I now going to tune out to it because I'm yes. annoyed? It's it, funny. It's you don't want obviously like you don't want to post the same. Like I would never ever suggest that as being a good idea because it's not. It's a horrible idea, and I will 100 percent follow you. But get creative. Like, I like the way, like, Demoga posts the menu for the, the pop-up tomorrow night, or when this comes out tonight, um, at Still and Stare. Posted it a couple days ago. Then you watch as everybody else starts reposting it, and, and, and it's in the stories, it's on people's feeds, and then, you know, Still and Stare's posting it, and Team is posting it, run the way, like, it's, then it starts to go, and starts to grow, and go everywhere. Then last night, he was, like, doing the prep, and he, like, is showing you things, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't wait to eat this, like, then you kind of see more people like reposting that menu. Like the littlest thing brings more attention. And then the guy who didn't see the menu last week is like, what's going on? Oh, oh, dope. That's awesome. I'll go. Like you can't just post something once and then hope for the best. Agreed. Cause it will not work out. Post it, post some kind of teasers, like get involved. Do you have the Instagram stories, which you can post it every day and that if you wanted, don't, but like you could like that stuff. The strategy seems like it's to post the post in your feed once and then to post the feed post in your story a couple times, basically directing them back to the feed post so that you're getting more legs 
That's 301. Anything major happening? I don't know. I'm looking right now. Three, uh, hold on. Let's see. All right. We've been going for about 40 minutes. So we're going to slide into Stokes and Pokes, and we're going to let Ricky take some time to... Uh-oh. No. So far, we're good. I'm also a psycho where, like, if something's happening, Naomi would be like, just look for it. I'm like, no, I want to go through Twitter. Because, like, I need to see it happen, like, in real time on my phone. It's insane. It's FOMO almost. It's, um, yeah, but it's also like, like I always loved working during, uh, ooh, I always liked working during, um, like games. And then when I got out of work, like one of the first things I'd go home, I'd like open a beer at like three in the morning, sip that beer and I would just go through Twitter and you can watch the reaction of like, oh, like if the Bruins had like a bad first period or something, you watch how everybody's like, trade everybody, everybody sucks, everything's stupid, this is dumb, Bleh. and then all, like, by then, like, they're coming back, here we go! You can, like, follow the, like, you the, kind of follow the, the emotion. Of the game. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really, really exciting to me. I have no interest in that. That's fascinating. I also, like, didn't care. I had friends back when they were, uh, the Celtics were chasing Banner 17. Yeah. Where we were playing in a softball league and our games were on the same nights as some of the playoff games. So we DVR the games and go on, like, a radio silence. No one was able to check their phones. No one was able. And we had to watch the recorded game as if it was live. So we... I never understood that practice. We do that. So... Football's kind of hard because, like, it's always on, like, for the most part, the past on Sunday, my dad will DVR the game, and then we'll watch it, like, later in the day if it's, like, the 1 o'clock game. So that's always kind of hard. Uh, sometimes we do that with the Bruins. Uh, if they're playing on a Sunday, we'll, like, DVR, if they play, like, an afternoon game, we'll DVR it and then watch it at, like, 6. So, like, I have to, like, text Maria and be like, just a heads up, like, I'm not watching the game, like, don't text me, I can't look at Twitter, which is real hard for me. So, I've I'm very familiar with that. Yeah. Very, very familiar with that. All right. Uh, take us away, Solon. I love the new song. Thank you so much. Stokes and Pokes, and Stokes and Pokes. Stokes and Pokes, and Stokes and Pokes. Stokes and Pokes, and Stokes and Pokes, and Stokes and Well, thank you, Solon. I guess uh, I'll start us off. I'm going to poke the 65 degree day that we are currently experiencing. Not because it's not awesome to have a 65 degree day, but it's still the end of February and we have more winter coming and I'm in this like, yeah, I'm in this like springtime mindset, but like, I know we're going to get walloped. But if we actually get out, I was talking to this with uh, Lexi, Nate and Brendan this morning, uh, Lexi and Nate. Shout out to those guys, Brendan from the Kokona. Anyway, um, if we get out of the next week without any snowfall, it'll be the first uh, February on record to receive no measurable snowfall in Worcester since 1984. Really? There has been less than a tenth of an inch that have, that has fallen in Worcester in February this year. And that's that's ridiculous. So I feel like it's only a matter of time before we're going to get walloped by something. We're not out of the woods yet. I don't care what the groundhog said. I don't care what Bill Murray said. We're, uh, I love Bill Murray. I know you love Bill Murray. Boy. And I am stoked. Talk about all this hockey. Back in my early days, I my sport of choice was hockey. Um, my 
my amazing parents used to take me to the rink at all, all ungodly hours of the day. Um, but it has been almost a decade since I've been on skates and Sarah and I have been talking about doing like actually trying to go ice skating. She hasn't been in forever and we really wanted to do the one out on the city hall common. So finally this year, finally this past Friday, we went out, had an awesome time skating around the common, super fun, super reasonably priced right. for 20 bucks. So we're talking $5 a head and $5 for a pair of skates each. Not bad. We could just skate until we were done. And like, it was, it was cold. It was real cold Friday night. So we only had maybe 45 minutes, an hour in us. Um, and poor Sarah fell and bruised up her knee pretty bad at one point, but she was a trooper. She stayed with it. I didn't fall at all, which I found was very surprising. Driving out there, I was like, I'm, I think I'm going to be the first person to fall because I'm going to get too confident in my own skills and try <laughs> to do something stupid, like go backwards right off the bat. Yeah. But that all came back to me pretty quickly. There you go. So, and saw uh, Alex and goodness, Tatiana and Sarah and Sarah, Colonel Sanders. I think Molly was out there too. They were doing some fashion show on the ice, oh, which yeah. was kind of cool to, as I was skating, watching them walk the runway. Yeah. It was fun. That's awesome. It was super neat to be, to just, like, I didn't know about it. I just yeah. kind of came up. It just happened to be good timing. That's and awesome. that's what I love about this city. There's so many cool things happening now yeah, that like. That's a very cool event. I was. I didn't know it was happening either, and I happened to check out Instagram when I was in Boston. I was like, "What is going on right now?" They had the ninety plus sellers uh, truck out, so oh, they cool. were like pouring wine, and yeah, it was. They had a night. That's rad. And like, so there was a bunch of little kids out on the ice skating, and when the fashion show started, all the little kids stopped and sat and like watched the the women walk walk the catwalk. Yeah, and that was you know, that was kind of cool. Did it go all the way across the ice? So they kept it in the back corner. So, you know, it's a giant circle. Yeah. It's like, think about like the back third. Okay. And they was basically just a straight line across the top of the circle. Okay. Of course, shout out Mike Hendricks getting out there, like on his stomach, taking photos. Like, I'm sure those shots were magnificent because he was getting all the angles. Really? Oh, he's very passionate and very dedicated to his craft. Yeah, yeah. It's fun to watch him work. Hello. Yeah. I don't know if he took any photos of me, but <laughs> I don't know. Not to sound vain, but I did say hi to him and yeah. then he had his camera out and I was skating. So I'm like, oh, and now I'm like, do I look cool like I'm skating or do I look like I'm some kind of doofus? That's awesome. <laughs> shout out to the little kid. I was trying to help some little guy, uh, maybe like an eight year old, 10 year old kid who was trying his damnedest to be cool on the skates. And I'm just gliding by and he looks up he's like how do you do that and I'm like oh man it's all about finding your edge gotta get older (laughs) it's even by 10 I was skating it just spend a lot of time on skates and you'll figure it out yeah it's just once you get an edge you'll understand it yeah it was a lot of fun thank you Worcester City Hall Common for making that possible every year thanks for the teenage kids that were out there running the thing and it's awesome so how about you Stokes and Pokes um. Yeah. Let's. Uh. Where, where are we at? Where, now you've yeah. consumed the end of the trade deadline. Yeah. Um. It's hard to poke the trade deadline because it was very exciting all day, but two moves everybody was waiting for it didn't happen. Joe Thornton didn't get traded, which is good. It would have been kind of a bummer if he got traded somewhere that wasn't the Bruins. Um. Not like he's like again. Not like he's like that good anymore. But like, just the story aspect of it. And it looks like Kyle Palmieri. 
didn't get traded either. I don't know. If anything happens, I'll post about it, but it's 312, and so far, that was it. Um, so, yeah, so I guess I... I don't know. I feel like that's something I can poke because we didn't get Joe Thornton, but... Anything you're stoked about? Yeah, Saturday night. Um, Saturday was really cool. We... So, like, my team met me at Worcesterwares, closed, and we walked through the market because he hasn't been there yet. Um, I got really good donut bites from Stillman Farm. Stillman spot. Meats? No, no, Stillman Farms. It's, I think it's the same place. They have, like, a, like a vegetable spot inside the market. Um, and they were making these, like, fresh donut bites, and they were really, really, really good. So, my, it was very cute. Mike D and I split those. Um, so, that was really cool. We walked down. We met up with, uh, well, we bumped into Nikki. She works for the city. Oh, Nikki Erskine. Yes. Nikki and, I, Nikki and I were on the panel together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about, yeah, she's the best. She's super rad. We, uh, shout out, Nikki, though, because I meant to say, you look familiar. And instead, I opened with, you look funny. And I felt bad. She was awesome. We laughed it off. It was totally fine. But I was like, Smooth. what a weird way to like introduce yourself. So like, hey, you look funny, like idiot. So she happened to be there eating tacos. We then took her with us for the entire rest of the night. So we, the three of us walked in, got it. We had a couple beers. I watched you sit. That was cool. Uh, Naomi met up with us. And then like Emily and Lauren and Kyle and like that whole squad, like we like put together this huge party kind of and went over to El Patron got some tacos, had some drinks. Then we walked down to Cafe Neo. That's where I saw the party. Yeah, it had to happen. Like karaoke was just needed. We talked about it a couple times. It was the right move. So we went down to Cafe Neo um, and had a hell of a time. Saying, uh, if I could turn back time, but share, because that's the best song of all time. That wasn't the Ever. one that I saw. You sing a different song on. No, that was mine. Fucking turn. Kyle sang Queen. Maybe it's maybe I'm thinking of Kyle. And then the girls, it's like Molly, <coughs> uh, Naomi, Emily, and Lauren sang "Walk on a Broken Glass." So Joy also did a bunch of songs. It was we it was we had a hell of a party. Then we went to Stone Sir because duh, and that was awesome. Uh, they had a DJ. They've had DJs on Saturday nights, and the last two Saturday nights we've turned that biatch into a dance party. It, when you walk in, you go to the left. There's like a room where like there's a little bit of a bar, so they set the DJ up in that like on that spot, which makes total sense. Uh, and yeah, we just moved the tables out of the way and had a massive dance party with a bunch of like people we didn't know, and then all of us. Somebody was telling me that Naomi was basically making the party last week. That she was yeah, inviting um, people back into the room because the DJ was by himself. The DJ was by himself, but he was playing just like banger after banger after banger. So she was like, yeah, losing her mind, running all around, getting everybody. Like she literally brought the entire party into that other room. So then this past Saturday, we walked in. Like the DJ was, the DJ was cool. Like he was fun. Wasn't as good as the last week, but. Same okay. guy? Different guy. Um. But it was still really, really fun. There was a lot more of us this time. We like, moved all the chairs and tables and stuff. Opened the window for a second because it was getting really hot in there. But I was like dancing with like people like on, out on the street. People were walking by. I'm like dancing up on the windows. And there was like girls like stopping and dancing and stuff. It was it was nuts. Like it was literally like, one of the most fun times I've had in Worcester. In That's what's time. up. Like they know how to throw a party. It was awesome. Um, yeah. Again, just had a freaking blast. 
And Derek, so Derek actually just posted a video. If you follow Derek Graham, you can actually see what some of the dance party looked like on Saturday night. He just posted it. I don't know what song it was during though, but you can kind of see me dancing. I look great. <laughs> you kind of see me dancing. I look great. That was it. But uh, yeah, so that's, I'm just like really stoked on that. I'm really stoked on, on, uh, stoked on Stillness Derek, stoked on doing karaoke and. Stoked on hanging out with friends and. Just stoked, man. Yeah. That's it. Everything's great. Everything. I like those nights that have, that are unplanned. Yeah. Like you had no intention of doing karaoke. You had no. We, we did kind of like we, the girls were doing like a Valentine's day thing all day. And Uh, then Kyle and I were supposed to meet up with them later. But like the group itself kind of evolved. Like Mike D just came to the store to visit. I was like, no, we're hanging out. And then we bumped into Nikki, and I was like, nice to meet you. You look funny. Now hang out with me until 2 so in the morning. she hung out the rest the of the night. The entire rest of the night she was with us. And, like, it was awesome. We had so much fun. Like, Nikki sang a couple songs. Like, just the karaoke aspect of it was super fun because we're like, oh, like, what are we going to do? And then the going to Stillinster was awesome. That's, like, where most of my Saturday nights end or begin and then end. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was a fun night to like bop around the public market was like very 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 busy which was great like i don't know things are starting to like make a little more sense here it's that springtime weather too sorry yeah people, people want to go out and be a part of things and i mean i know the market's new so a lot of people want to see it oh here it is oh it's a ludicrous song <laughs> that's awesome uh yeah, this is great. There's finally things happening that are cool. Yeah. So. Well, you've done it. You've killed another hour listening to us ramble about a whole bunch of cool, random stuff. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, thank you again. If you want to find us on the internet, you can find me at, at Hunchback Travis. You can find me. I almost forgot to do it. Uh, you can find me at Soldier Time Official and also DickChuck77. Uh, or you can find me at Stillinster sipping on Mezcal Negronis. Yeah, Mezcal Christmas 365, still going strong. All damn year. Uh, new videos coming up on the YouTube channel pretty much every day. Bunch of the old podcasts are getting released there. Uh, weekly episodes. So we just started our second batch of episodes that'll release on Thursday. Killing it. Shout out Joe Jacobs for the brand new intro. Yeah. Way more interesting than that shit that I started. Shout <laughs> out Kevin Law. Kevin Law. Oh, we didn't even talk about last week's spot. Kevin was dope last week on the podcast. Kevin was great last week. It was good to finally have him on and, and find out what's up with all these memes. Yeah, meme lord. Meme king. Fucking love it. Dude, love so it. like, I meant to ask all about this. Like, there was a way I wanted to position meme lord with the politics so like mike bloomberg is paying ass loads of money to accounts like fuck jerry to make memes featuring mike bloomberg which is genius and mind-boggling and frustrating all at the same time so like getting his opinion on that shit would have been interesting but too late now yeah that whole bloomberg thing it's super uncomfortable because like i he's just kind of like weird and old and like a and a racist. Yeah. And, like, a, and, a, he, and a fucking womanizer. Yeah. he's It's basically he's Trump, but he's running under the Democratic Party. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable. Anybody that's pro-Mike Bloomberg 
just Google the word stop and frisk and learn yeah. all about him yeah. and how he's never apologized except for one time right before his candidacy. Mm-hmm. Surprise, fucking surprise. Fuck Mike Bloomberg. Fuck your money. No amount of money is going to make me forget about you being a racist. He's a piece of garbage. All right, this took a turn. His... So, it is smart having... I do understand his, like, come... He's smart, though. Like, go at the people where they are. They're on their internet, or they're on their phones, and everybody shares memes all damn day long. Yeah. But... Fuck Mike Bloomberg. It, it's and much, fuck, fuck Jerry too. Those guys are idiots. They're smart. Like I respect. That's all stolen content. I, no, I know, but that's the thing. Like, I'm also old enough now where I'm like, go get paid. Like nobody, like try to like do like the punk rock thing and be like, no, nah, it's not. Fuck that. Get paid. That's what's up. Right. That's the we only all thing. We all need clothes on our back and food in our mouths. Exactly. And like they're smart. They did it. They did it. There's no rules to. They didn't break any rules by doing it. They just did whatever else wasn't smart enough to do. But I just don't. I'm not a big fan of them anyway. Right. Um, I never really thought that account was as funny as the Fat Jewish, which is also the exact same thing. But for some reason, his was just a tiny bit funnier. Yeah. But like Jerry's making money. All right. That's enough from us. That's it. Bye, guys. Sorry for partying. Seltzer Time Podcast is a co-production of Seltzer Time Official and TD Productions. Our intro music is Maple Boy by No Trigger. Our outro music is By The Salt Request. To find past episodes, search for Seltzer Time Official wherever you find podcasts. If you can't find us, let us know by sliding into our DMs on Instagram, at Seltzer Time Official, and we'll get it fixed. Thanks for listening. See you next week.